Prepare yourself for the clash of punk rock, politics, and your uncensored, unafraid host, Remso W. Martinez. You are about to experience the Remso Republic. Folks, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Remso W. Martinez, and you're listening to the Remso Republic. It's great to have you back here with us this week. By the time you listen to this episode, the coronation of Trump Clinton will have already occurred. All that fallout is pretty much scrambling the minds of millions of Americans as they try and figure out which dumpster fire they want to hang out with this November. Now, I've made it clear for those of you that followed me that despite my hesitation, I'll be voting for Governor Gary Johnson and Governor Bill Weld. Other libertarians will be going in different directions. Maybe they have another third party. Maybe they won't vote. Maybe they'll write in someone. Others are a little bit between, you know, they're stuck in a rock and a hard place. Some of them are still Republicans. And if you saw my recent piece for the Liberty Conservative, you know that I'm a little bit ticked that Rand Paul is sticking by that loyalty pledge and he'll be voting for Donald Trump. But he does not represent all of the Republican Party. With us here today, I've got freelance writer Lena Bryce. She's a writer with the Liberty Conservative and the Libertarian Republic, and she's an active member of the Republican Party and a Libertarian. Lena, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Not a problem. So you and I have butted heads about this before. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you going to be this time come November, Lena? Are you going to cast a vote for Trump? Or are you going to just not vote? You're in that position where things are going to be incredibly uncomfortable for you. It's very uncomfortable because, you know, you're I'm a registered Republican. Um, I was also um, a delegate for the state, um, not a national at large delegate, but I was a delegate um, at the state level for the last couple of years. And um, I want to see the party move in the direction of Rand Paul and the like. But when you have a nominee like Donald Trump, I can't vote for him. I, I know that for sure. And then you have, well, you can't vote for Hillary, so you have that binary argument back and forth. I, I do see a third way, and I, I firmly believe that with regard to the national, with regard to the presidential election, I think that this would be the time to consider the third party, to consider the Libertarian Party, because you, you don't have principled candidates running. And if you're not voting according to your principles, then why are you voting? That's just the way I feel. So you're not going to be voting for Donald Trump? No, absolutely not. No. That I know for sure. I just just wasn't sure if I was going to, you know, go anarchist this year. I can just not vote. I I, I was in that position where, you know, do I do I go and vote a, a third party as a registered Republican? And, you know, you have to look at it, too. It's not just the national election. You're talking about your local um, politicians that are trying to run. You have, you know, I live in North Carolina. You have great pol- candidates that run under the Republican ticket that are liberty-minded candidates, and we're trying to get more and more of those people in. So if I abandon the party, you know, am I leaving them in, in the dust? Yeah, I, I sympathize with you a lot because even though I'm an active member of the Libertarian Party, I'm really kind of a black sheep because I'm a split-ticket voter. I endorsed Becky Gerritsen out in Alabama. She was a Republican who was primary challenging Martha Roby and mm-hmm. the like. And I've done that before. We've got Scott Rupert, who's a friend of mine. He's running as an independent candidate for U.S. Senate in Ohio. 
So as freeing as it is to basically say I identify as this, but I'm not bound to that, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to your conscience, you're going to be clean. But if you want to be active in party politics, if you want to go be a delegate, you want to go be a chair for your local GOP, it really mm-hmm. kind of shuts off those opportunities. Have you seen it that does. happen? Well, you know, there, there's a lot of infighting. You know, we talk, it's funny because in the last, you know, a couple of elections, it's all about the libertarian infighting, libertarian infighting. Let me tell you, there's a lot of infighting going on at the Republican Party level, at the local party level uh, that I've seen. And it's the, you know, they're they're trying to disarm us with these labels that we give ourselves, that libertarian conservative, the conservatarian Tea Party. They're trying to break down, at least I see in the local Republican National um, Party, you have people saying, you know, we're all Republican. What are these labels? You know, they're all these labels trying to divide us. They're trying to divide us. And I think that that movement is undermining everything that we've all done to commit ourselves to try to make the Republican Party viable and uh, get back to its roots of liberty and limited government. And whatever label you need to align yourself with to bring us back to that, I think is okay. I don't have a problem with it. The problem I have is that there is this infighting now going on to use that against our people like me. And I feel more ostracized than I did before, because before it was this Liberty Caucus people. Who are they? They're annoying. Go away. Ron Paul, non-interventionist, go away. But now it's like, well, we, we went away and now we have Donald Trump. You know, it's like it's baffling to me, but I, I see the machine. I see how it works, and I see a lot of BS, frankly. And I don't know if there's any point to staying in the party. That remains to be seen. I'm not ready to jump ship at the moment, but I, I'm starting to feel like this is this election is really going to say a lot about how local politics will be played um, as far as the Republican Party is concerned, because you do have a lot of that. We all got to stick together. You know, yeah, Trump's a nominee, but, you know, forget about your principles. We got to win. Yeah, I mean, nothing was more terrifying than seeing, I think it was the last Republican debate where it was uh, Kasich, Trump, Cruz, and Rubio on stage. Mm-hmm. And as they were discussing economics, Trump completely rewrote the Republican Party platform on trade, and mm-hmm. people cheered him on. Th- yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing conservative about fair trade. There's nothing conservative about tariffs. The Republican Party tried this with Hoover, and we saw how that ended up. It's very frustrating um, as, a, as a libertarian-leaning person. I'm, I would say I'm libertarian, because in the way that the conservative movement has defined Republican today, I don't think I could even call myself that in theory, because like I feel like they've redefined what Republican is it, with Donald Trump. They've just completely redefined it for me. And I'm like, well, it's almost like I apologetically raise my hand and say, I'm Republican. Like Mark Meadows, who's a great representative in our state and uh, wouldn't want to leave him behind just because, you know, he's under the Republican umbrella. Again, you know, you do have really great liberty minded people who are, in fact, Republicans. And I, 
Donald Trump, you know, I hate to say it, he's kind of ruining it for them and he's ruining the brand, but he's, he's what, he's all they've got. So they're, you know, they're just going to applaud and cheer him on because if they don't in their minds, it's like, you're going to applaud Hillary. There, there's no other option when it comes to that. And, and also there's this culture, this cult of personality thing going on, which, you know, I have family members who are just on the Trump train and there's, you know, we can't even talk about politics anymore. It's getting ugly. But, you know, it, even staunch Democratic, you know, voting socialist leaning individuals are on the Trump train. So he's garnering votes from all these different areas, which terrifies me. We've never seen a Republican candidate openly pander to socialists. You know, this goes back to the whole argument uh, we were making during the primary election where we were saying he's really not that much different than the Democrats. Like, why are we even considering this person? He's, you know, on the Republican ticket. You know, they got, they gave Ron Paul a lot of crap when he started talking about, you know, going back to the roots of Republican Party where they were a limited government, they would end wars, not start them. And they yelled at him and said, he's not a true Republican, that he wasn't, you know, that he didn't, that he, he's leaving the party, you know, and he says, no, the party left me. And this, this is like, that was, that was okay. But now Trump's doing it. You know, we can't say that he's not a Republican. That's not fair. You know, it's, you can't, you can't do that to Trump. You can't do anything to Trump, frankly. Um, he, he, he can't even hurt himself at this point, but uh, you know, it's very frustrating. And, you know, when you see Republicans just getting behind him because he's the only ticket to the election to win, uh, I, I have to look, I have to turn and look at the Libertarian Party, even though Gary Johnson is not my ideal candidate. Um, I have to see them get 15 percent. I have to. It, it seems to be the only way things will ever fundamentally change with elections in the future. You're, you're absolutely right. And I, I just remember th- this made me remember this one thing I saw online. I think it was the Republican Party of Virginia posted this um, post on their Facebook page, which basically said, if you don't like Trump, it doesn't matter. To go against him and the party is treason against the United States. And it's like, really? You're going that far? Yep. This is like Communist Party Gestapo tactics. You're going to start calling people traitors to the cause? It's very clever, actually, that they've used the word. Because that is that is something that libertarians really, truly take seriously. And it's the it reminds me of the Ron Paul quote, truth is treason in an empire of lies. And it, it's like they'll just use your own words against you and they'll use it in a way to influence you emotionally and say, you know, this is treason what you're doing. You and I know that's not treason, (laughs) you know, that's, but that's very clever what they did. Yeah. Lena, we're going to go ahead and pick up on this right after this commercial break. Folks, you're listening to the Remster Republic. Hang on tight. We'll be back in a moment. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Rimza Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. For years, the Republican and Democrat parties have used social issues and crises to keep us at odds with one another. They've divided us into groups and pit each group against the other, while those in government have together collaborated to strip us of our liberty little by little. In 2009, I decided to do something about it, and the Rupert for Senate campaign was born. Government of, by, and for the people requires our participation. 
not as voters, but as leaders and decision makers. But the parties have made it all but impossible for real, ordinary Americans to do so. So this average American has, since 2009, worked to give the voters, at least of Ohio, a choice outside the parties. The message is simple. The Constitution protects every American equally, but it's powerless to protect itself. That's our job, and it's time we take it seriously. You can learn more about my campaign at scottrupert.com. I'm Scott Rupert, independent candidate for Ohio's U.S. Senate, and I approve of this message. People often ask me what podcasts I listen to, you know, and I'm not listening to old episodes of my own, that is. There are many great out there. There are some that are entertaining, funny, you learn from them, they just give you a great insight you're not going to hear anywhere else. But there's one show that really comes to mind when I think of where to get your starting ground and understanding what open minds and open markets mean. It's actually the show that I listened to when I first started learning about libertarianism. It's the Lions of Liberty podcast with its host, Mark Clare. Mark and his team do excellent things, from libertarians in a living room drinking liquor to Felony Fridays. They have a great list of just amazing interviews, talking to the movers and shakers in the liberty movement. And let me tell you, if you want to get your friends who are a little apolitical or they're a little liberal or a little conservative, but they like the ideas of liberty, Mark Clare will give it to you at the Lines of Liberty. So go ahead, check them out on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes today, and check it out for yourself. I guarantee you will not regret it. Check it out today at www.lionsofliberty.com. All right, folks, welcome back. Lena, we were just discussing treason in a sense that right now what we're seeing is a political hostage crisis for Republicans. We don't necessarily see this with Democrats because ultimately your most strident Bernie Sanders supporter is probably going to end up voting for Hillary Clinton. The Democrats don't have this issue per se. But with Republicans, with Libertarians, when it comes to party politics, everything is just kind of a mess right now. You've already stated on the record that you're not going to be voting for Trump. You know many other people that aren't going to vote for Trump. And right now you're considering Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. But the idea that going against the party is treason For me, honestly, I don't really care if the Republican Party wigs out and dies after this election. I'm cool with that. (laughs) I like that, wigs out. Um, (laughs) Were you referring to the wigs? Yes, I I was. That is so great. Did you come up with that? I like that. (laughs) Actually, I kind of stole that from Matt Kibbe from Free the People. With all due respect, the GOP is wigging out. Republican National Committee Chairman Reince Priebus is trying to put a smiley face on the current predicament facing the Republican electorate. The GOP is wigging out. I'm not talking about a panic attack. I'm talking about an old political party, the Whigs, that you've probably never heard of before. But in the 1840s, the Whigs were the most powerful political party in the American system. They elected four presidents, founded by Henry Clay in opposition 
to Andrew Jackson and his authoritarian abuse of executive power, the Whigs were a force to be reckoned with. But the question of slavery and whether or not to abolish it literally split the Whig Party right in half. The party successfully blocked Millard Fillmore, then president of the United States, from running as a Whig in his second term. Within a few years, there was no Whig Party anymore. The Whigs were replaced by the new Republican Party and Abraham Lincoln. If any of this looks familiar, I think the same thing is happening to the Republican Party today. On one side, you have this authoritarian attitude, this idea that we can use government to dictate terms from the top down. And then you have that traditional idea that, that the Republicans have always flirted with, liberty, and leaving people alone, and limiting the power of the federal government, and embracing the power of the individual. What's going to happen today? Unlike the Whig Party, today technology liberates all of us to know things and to do things and to have more independence than any political party boss would hope for. This is Reince Priebus's fundamental problem today, but it gets down to a question of values. What does the GOP stand for? If it doesn't stand for liberty, it's going the way of the Whigs. That's awesome. <laughs> Go Matt Kibbe. I like Matt Kibbe. Yeah, um, he's cool. Very. I liked his last little video on beer. Freedom. Oh, beer is freedom? Yep. That, that needs to be shown in every public school across the country. Yeah, it's, that's or college campus even. That too. Just show it to yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would love, I, I would, I wouldn't like to see mass destruction obviously uh, of, of people who are passionately involved in politics i mean they they do make it work and a lot of people are asleep at the wheel let's face it most people don't pay as close attention to politics as people like yourself and i but you know i if it means that you know if you're going look look the train's going down the wrong way like and that's the only way to stop it then i'm all for it you know i think that Sometimes you do need to kind of burn down the forest, so to speak, and you need some new blood. You need some new growth. And, um, you know, Gary Johnson, you know, if, if you see how many people don't even really like him and they're a libertarian, but that just goes to show you there is no perfect candidate. But, you know, if it's always going to be the lesser of the two evils, you know, why not like try to bring in another perspective? Let's freshen this up. I mean, even Democrats would agree with me. Even my liberal friends agree with me. And it's so scary how much more they're able to come my way when I'm talking about the election and Gary Johnson. They're more apt to listen than, than ever before. I feel like this is the time. They're, I've never heard so many of my leftist friends kind of actually say, you know, you're right. Um, yeah, Gary Johnson has his problems, his issues with this, but I do like this, and I do like that, and he's right about this, and he's right about that. When have you ever heard them say that about a Republican candidate? Never. I feel like it's kind of like in the Twilight Zone. Although I did hear that with John Huntsman back in 2012. That's true, too, yeah. But, um, I mean, my biggest thing was with this, I'm never looking for the ideal candidate because I know that doesn't exist. With Gary no. Johnson, I mean, I kind of made myself look stupid because on the day of the convention, I was live-tweeting it, and I said, Gary Johnson will not be the nominee. You're a phony! Hey, this guy's a great big phony! That's right, you're a big fat phony! Oh, oops. Yeah, I know, I really <laughs> screwed the pooch there. But, um... And Austin Peterson, what he really, um, 
you know, he, he really impressed me with the amount of support that he ended up getting and, and the, at the, at that, um, convention. I mean, I, you know, a lot of people before that didn't really know who he was unless you followed his, his uh, publication online. But I had family members mention his name to me as a potential person to support if he were to win the libertarian ticket. And, and I'm like, you know, I, I write for that page, right? (laughs) It was so, they had never made the connection and it was, it's just so funny, but, um, yeah, I mean, you bring up something even bigger than that. It's that people that don't agree with him a hundred percent on things. They're able to agree with him on maybe 80%, maybe 50%. I'm always willing, you know, I've I've always said my 80% friend is not my 20% enemy. And that goes for anyone. Of Gary Johnson, I think he falls into that category. I have issues with his stance on religious liberty. I have issues with his stance on the fact that he's pro-choice. I have issues with Gary Johnson up and down. And as far as Bill Weld goes, you cannot make a worse running mate in my eyes. You can't sit on stage, call yourself a libertarian, and then praise Hillary Clinton. No. Well, that's problematic. Uh, But, you know, when it's kind of... It's kind of like, well, you know, you're juxtaposing to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, and they look like stars to me. You know, it just almost is, it's unquestionable. And so when you're putting, relatively speaking, it work, it's good, it's fine, because it's better than what we have currently. But you're right, it's problematic for for those of us who are more like looking for, listen, if this is going to be the libertarian moment, let it be like some really good libertarians. Like what, where did he get wealth from? You know, why? And, um, it, this, this election isn't going to break or make necessarily anything, but I do see an opportunity for the party to kind of make its place mark. You know, you want to see them in the debate stage at least. I, I don't think that anyone would disagree with that. The only people that I think would disagree with that, um, would be like, really involved Republican, um, party and DNC people. I mean, don't you think they would be the only ones that would probably wouldn't want that competition? You know, I've always heard more of it coming from Republicans though, than I have with Democrats, because I always try and bring up the ballot access issue when it's just, when, when I'm having a professional conversation, primarily when I'm working on a campaign, I try and keep a lot of my opinions to myself. But, I mean, for this last campaign I worked on, it was a city council race, and I was the campaign manager. And I was um, under this tent, this awning that the Democrats put up. They invited me to come under it because it was raining, and at one point it was really sunny. And just to be nice, you know, politics always comes up. They started asking me about my beliefs, and I just wanted to have a pleasant conversation because I didn't want to argue with them or anything. But I started talking about ballot access and how we need a, you know, a more diverse market when it comes to our elected officials. And they're like, yeah, I agree with you. I think about hmm. 10 or 12 Democrat volunteers agreed with me. As far yeah. as the Republicans went, I ran into more Republican volunteers that day. They all wanted to talk to me because they all wanted to lead to something else. But they're like, man, if you do that, though, you're basically just handing the election over. You know, a vote for a libertarian is a vote for the Democrat. I'm like, no, moron. Mm-hmm. A vote for a libertarian is a vote for a libertarian. If I wanted to vote for the freaking Democrat, I'd vote for the freaking Democrat. Maybe I don't want to vote for your guy because he tells us everything we want to hear during the election, and then he gets elected, he goes to freaking Washington, and then he screws us over. It happens right. every freaking time, and I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. Yeah, it it's kind of sounds like talking points that they're just picking up from the mainstream and just kind of blurting it out. They don't really think it through. 
and it, I, the last, I don't remember where I saw it, but there was a poll recently um, comparing the three. And Johnson was doing pretty well. Wasn't it like somewhere around 11% or I've, something? I've like seen him at his highest at 14%. I've yet to see him hit 15% in the polls, but he's gone anywhere from 7% to 14%. And it's pretty phenomenal. That is. That is. I, who was the last person to do that well? It was probably... Um, Ross Perot. Ross Perot. Right. Yeah, and, he, and, and the thing, too, is that I wonder if a lot of Democrats excuse me, a lot of Democrats are more sympathetic to that argument because of Bernie Sanders and wondering, you know, if he had run as an independent or if he could have, and you would have it on, have him on the ballot with Hillary Clinton, she would, would she get destroyed? You know, somebody actually brought the same argument with Jim Webb in Virginia. Now, Jim Webb was my Senator when I moved to Virginia and believe it or not, I liked him a lot. I think he was a phenomenal senator. I'm probably going to get a bunch of angry emails for praising a former Democrat. But I mean, yeah, the, no, guy, the guy was a Reagan Democrat. The guy's a veteran. The guy's an actual statesman. And I actually, if he was on the ballot versus Johnson, Clinton, and Trump, I'd probably vote for Jim Webb. Uh, you know, he was good. Uh, he moderate, I would say, moderate Democrat. Um, I, I found very few Republicans to dislike him. Truly, that I yeah. in my circle, in my circle, I should clarify, in, in the circle of people that I know, very few people are like almost. I mean, he could run as a Republican, you know. Yeah. It just, but isn't that the point, you know, of having the third party? You know, it's, you know, all these labels and all these party affiliations. They clearly don't mean that much because look at Trump. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. He could have run as a Democrat. He he could have, and he wouldn't have to change a single piece of rhetoric. And I think rhetoric is big, which is exactly what I want to talk about right after this commercial break. Folks, you're listening to the Remster Republic. Hang on tight. We'll be back in a minute. Renzo in the mix. What's our problem with messaging the ideas of liberty? Is it the ideas? Is it the people? Maybe it's both. Maybe it's the fact that we're just not doing it in a smart type of way. This is where the Libertarian Youth Caucus comes in. The Libertarian Youth Caucus represents the millennial wing of the Libertarian Party. They're trying to expand the party base while finding new ways to communicate simple, timeless principles such as open minds and free markets. What we need to know is how to find the next generation of voters and make them vote for liberty. We can have a smaller government and a freer economy in our lifetime. And I believe that if we want to help invest in the Libertarian Party, the best way to do so is with the Libertarian Youth Caucus. Learn more about them today at lyc.silkstart.com. That's lyc.silkstart.com. This message is approved by the Libertarian Youth Caucus. So the last thing that we kind of left off on was rhetoric. We're talking about how these parties are putting people into like their own categories of personal enslavement, how the ideas of third parties are finally breaking out, and people are starting to think just past this left-right dimension we're bringing up. 
And um, Lena, we, we both had pretty positive things to say about Jim Webb. Mm-hmm. You know, if he had ran as an independent, that probably would have shifted things. At least in Virginia, they did some projections. He would have siphoned more votes away from Democrats than he would have Republicans. And he was still getting a pretty large showing of Republican support in Virginia. And if he mm-hmm. had ran, which he's not, he probably would have made this a much more competitive battleground state than it is. I see it going blue in November. But rhetoric's important, and a lot of conservatives, I think that they've just been programmed through the years to just follow certain buzzwords, you know, things like make America great again, Mm -hmm. America first, and all this other stuff. Because the moment you say, I'm not going to vote for Trump, they're instantly like, you don't want to make America great again? (laughs) Do you like Hillary or something? Yep. (laughs) I, well, now I just get, oh, this one's a libertarian. This one's going to vote libertarian. <laughs> this, this, with this one, this one's going to vote libertarian. And I'm like, well, yeah, and I'm proud of it. And, and you know, I, I saw um, a young, um, my nephew, who uh, doesn't live in the same state, but I went to go visit him, and he had a Gary Johnson bumper sticker on his car. His sibling um, also had a Gary Johnson bumper sticker on. And, and I was just so proud Honestly, because I really thought that they were just going to kind of jump on the bandwagon because 90% of the family on that side are pretty much staunch Republicans. And most of them just, you know. I'm sorry. How much brainwashing did Aunt Lena have to do? Oh, well, (laughs) very, you know, I have to say uh, very little. My nephew has always been an independent thinker. And and to, to credit his father, his late father, um, he always was around adult conversations when we would discuss politics and things. And I think he just kind of brought himself up to be more of like an outsider listening in, listening into these conversations and, um, you know, uh, talking with him about a lot of things. He he's very objective. I'm just very proud of of that, that, you know, it's so easy to just fall in line with what your friends are saying. And some of his friends are voting for Bernie, you know, we're voting for Bernie Sanders. He needs and, new friends. Yeah, he needs new friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, but at least they, they are friends with him and they listen to him when he counters their arguments. And, and I, I, I see hope for the future when I see a young man like that, 21 years old, 22 years old, and a younger sister even still. And they're a voting age. And I'm just so thankful. I'm like, wow, thank God. Thank God <laughs> we have one. And, and he knows There's I'm hope the, for the future. Yeah, and he knows I'm the only one of the adult members. Uh, my husband and I are the only ones that are tr- pretty much anti-Trump. So uh, it's very hard. And But he has logic. He presents facts, a wonderful thing. And he he just says, listen, you know, this is the way to go. And and I commend him and I applaud him for that because I think that when you see the young younger generation start to think and talk that way. And, and he's not ever, he never attacks you making fun of people or go, you know, going full blown ad hominem. He's always very, very much like, well, here's the facts, you know, here's this. And it's nice to see that for a change. Um, you know, the internet can be an ugly place, but oh, when just, you go, out- just go to the comments section yeah, anywhere. It's a, yeah. It's and terrifying. It's like RoboCops Detroit. 
Yeah, but you know, most of those people in a circle in a party probably wouldn't say half those things. You know, they were the they would be the wallflower listening to you and just blurting out things here and there, but they would have no factual, you know, any facts to present to the argument or anything insightful to contribute. So they're usually ignored at parties anyway. So they go to Facebook and post crap on walls to be heard. But yeah, I I don't I I think that um, the rhetoric is is wasted on people like like my nephew. I, I don't think that works anymore. If you look at who he's kind of, you know, where the votes are coming from, where his supporters are and who they are, they're very um, simple. It's not to, I'm not trying to be, you know, derogatory. Are are you saying like simple minded or they're just regular people? Regular, simple people. And sometimes they're simple minded, but I don't, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think. There's that one. You got that in there. Well, you know, general, it's not a, you know, I'm trying not to generalize. There are, you know, blue collared, um, hardworking people that mean well, but I mean, they, they, that's why his rhetoric works because he doesn't need to be fancy and quote his founding, the quote, the founding fathers. He, he needs to just say, make America great again. Believe me, I'm going to do it. It's a beautiful thing. It's wonderful. And they're just like, yeah. Nobody would know that, but New Hampshire has a huge heroin problem. Well, first of all, I'm a huge Second Amendment person. I'm a huge believer in clean air. I'm not a huge believer in the global warming phenomena. Things done, and you get things done. You're a rough guy. You've been rough. You threatened to sue me and my parents for giving birth to me. No, I would never do that. That's no, exactly no, what you did. To the world. You played no, no, very no, rough sometimes. To the world. And you know, I'm a huge fan of your mother. I don't know. You know, your mother and well, my she's mother. W- it's going to be huge. Huge. Uh, that's the one thing. I, I, I can't even listen to him anymore without laughing. It's terrible. I, I <laughs> yeah. One, one of my favorite articles that I read like probably once a week because it's just I, I think it's really refreshing to see because someone who, like us who thinks the way we do was the one that stated this. But it was um, Zach Slayback from FEE. And he wrote – I forgot the title of it, which is terrible because I literally read it like two days ago. But it was basically like, you know what? A majority of conservatives and liberty-minded people don't actually take these things to heart. And it's not their fault. I mean, what are you supposed to say to the guy who's working at a steel mill for 30-plus years? Oh, we want to privatize and phase out Social Security. What are you supposed to say to the farmer that's seeing more and more of their goods go away because of special interest? What are you supposed to say to the factory out in the Midwest that had their job sent to China? And it's not that these people love the state or anything, but they're desperate. They're desperate to survive. And I think, you know, people – I think Mike Huckabee said one of the most memorable things during the GOP primary process. And I don't like Mike Huckabee, but he said this, and I was just like, wow, he actually – like if I – for a second, if I take myself out of myself, I would agree with him. They were talking about Social Security, and they're like, yeah, you know – it's easy to say we're going to increase the retirement age for people who are in their 60s who've worked a white-collar job their entire life. But what are you supposed to say to the guy who works with a sledgehammer who has arthritis and is breaking his back every day that he has to wait another 10 years before he could retire and pull a Social Security check? Those people mm-hmm. can't wait any longer. And I think that that's the group of conservatives out there that are really authentically in it for Trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't think 
I have, I can understand that, that position, of course. Um, but at the same time, is it, is it any, is it any less compassionate or more compassionate to say, well, how about those who are putting money into it that probably won't likely get it back? that won't be able to get social security. Like, you know, I don't think I can collect until I'm in my seventies and who knows if, if I'm alive, then I don't think that it'll be there or there'll be enough, um, to, to collect what they claim I'm entitled to. So is it, isn't that an emotional argument too, to say, you know, well, okay, I feel for you, but you're, you just want to kick the can down the road and you don't want to feel for the people that are going to be around to have to be in that same position you're in. Um, 30 years from now, maybe, um, but you'll be long gone and who cares, right? Because yeah. I'll be dead then. So it's just as selfish. And I, I don't know why that argument isn't more uh, often made. I think that this whole, I, this, the whole Ponzi scheme that is social security, you know, should it be just said, listen, it, it's, you're, you're being selfish and greedy. You're the greedy ones because you want to collect what you know doesn't work. And you know that these young kids probably won't even get it and you don't care. And they're the ones paying into it right now. And they should be able to opt out. They you're, should be able to opt out. You're absolutely right. That's selfish and that's greed, and, which socialism technically is. It's greedy. It's just you want to take people's money and say it's okay. It's not right. And, and I don't know um, when that mentality will change, but people need to start getting some backbone. Um, I think about often – the Revolutionary War, because, you know, they were under much less taxation, (laughs) you know, and probably than we are even today. And they gave up their fortunes. They were business proprietors. They had um, a life independent from, you know, the, the country of England, but they, they were, although they were under the king, they, they did make money and they were successful, which is why the king wanted to tax the colonists more in the first place. But you see how these individuals like Samuel Adams and, 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 and um, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. John Hancock. Thank you. Um, were not just their money, but their time and risking their lives even to, to start this revolution to say, this is wrong. We don't need the protection of the king. We can do this ourselves. Let's fight. Let's retaliate. I mean, where is that gumption? Where is where is where's America's guts? Where is it gone? I think like, it kind of went away when they tried to tax our whiskey and everyone got a little frisky because of that. Secretary Jefferson, you have the floor, sir. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We fought for these ideals. We shouldn't settle for less. These are wise words. Enterprising men quote them. Don't act surprised, you guys, because I wrote them. Ow. But Hamilton forgets. His plan would have the government assume state's debt. Now place your bets as to who that benefits. The very seat of government where Hamilton sits. Not true. Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. If New York's in debt, why should Virginia bear it? Uh, our debts are paid, I'm afraid. Don't tax the south because we got it made in the shade in virginia we plant seeds in the ground we create you just want to move our money around this financial plan is an outrageous demand and it's too many damn pages for any man to understand stand with me in the land of the free pray to god we never see hamilton's candidacy look when britain taxed our tea we got frisky imagine what gonna happen when you try to tax our whiskey thank you
<laughs> that was key. You know, it, it's a sad. It, you know, you makes you think that you know people are aren't cut from that cloth anymore or something. But I just feel that you know when it comes to these entitlements, the, the you know our seniors they've got nothing on the millennials. I mean, really, they've got nothing on them because the millennials actually admit they kind of understand that they're not getting any of it. You know, at least they admit like, well, we're not getting any of it. And and to their credit. I mean, I understand why they supported Bernie Sanders because, you know, they know that they're not getting these entitlements, but heck, we might as well just get our college paid for. We might as well get this paid for. We might as well have free health care. I mean, they, they don't want the oppression of the government, but they understand that that's where it's going either way. Whether you get an R, uh, an R president or a D president, you're going to have a nanny state. And why not benefit from it? And that's just kind of the terrible path that they're taking. But I don't believe, I kind of feel that they, they can be flipped. I don't think that they're all, you know, going to vote Hillary Clinton just because I I think a lot of them are going to go libertarian. And I, because at the end of the day, they really don't want the government in their life. They don't. Yeah. So Lena, if people want to follow you, read your writing, keep track of everything that you do, how can they do so? Well, um, I have a Facebook page, Lena Bryce, um, and I also um, kind of uh, admin uh, the Libertarian Parenting page, um, which is kind of fun uh, for people like myself who are parents and trying to figure out how to navigate raising children but still kind of having them be independent um, thinkers and whatnot. So um, I also contribute to, um, as you mentioned earlier, uh, the Libertarian Republic, as well as the Liberty Conservative. Um, and I also have a Twitter account. So I'm not uh, a Snapchat person, but Twitter we do. So, Lena, thank you so much for calling into the show. It was a blast having you. We've got to get oh, you on thanks. again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you calling me in. Not a problem. So, folks, that's a wrap. Tune in next week at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. Tune in. We're going to get on Liberty Talk FM soon. And as always, screw the FCC. Good night, America. (laughs) Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?